This week at Tequila Sunrise, we'll analyze some of the deals getting done in this tough environment and take a look in the minds of venture capitalists to learn how they value and select which companies they'll invest in. I'll share more about how the seismic societal disruption in response to COVID-19 has impacted tech investment funding in 2020, and we'll view the deal ticker and index of public supply chain tech companies. So listen up. It's time to wake up to Tequila Sunrise, where unfortunately, without the aid of tequila, we open your eyes to how venture investing ticks, along with the notable investments, acquisitions, innovations, and inevitable implosions focused on supply chain tech every single week at this unholy hour of the day. If you want to know how tech startup and investment is done, who's winning, who's waning, who's whining, and who to track in supply chain tech, Join us every Thursday for another blinding tequila sunrise. Greg White here from Supply Chain Now. Always happy, never satisfied, willing to acknowledge reality, but refusing to be bound by it. My goal is to inform, enlighten, and inspire you in your own supply chain tech journey. In case you're listening to us in the Supply Chain Now main channel, you should know You can now subscribe to Tequila Sunrise on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. We'll only be in the mainstream for a few weeks more, so don't wait. If you want to keep listening, subscribe to Tequila Sunrise so you don't miss a thing. Hey, let's kick off with a couple of quick lessons here. One, an early stage startup making big moves in challenging times, and the other, an investment partner. Let's explore them both because they're working together. Several months ago, I started working with Paul Noble as an advisor to his really cool procurement startup, Verison. They're doing great things, by the way, using AI to automate data harmonization and inventory optimization for indirect MRO procurement. Really, they've saved companies tens of millions of dollars in under 100 days, really super fast and impressive results. In fact, if you want to see how winners like they are playing in these challenging times, Verison has a webinar July 29th at 2 p.m. I'll include the registration link in the show notes. Paul introduced me to one of his key seed investors, Balaji Gopinath at Kubra Venture Capital, and we really hit it off over one or two cold beers talking about what we thought could be improved in the investment ecosystem for founders. Balaji shared Kubra's visionary founder-friendly investment philosophy, and it was a really refreshing contrast to a lot of VCs. And as a serial founder, I really appreciated that. They're early stage investors for companies that are reimagining how we work and live, that are building emerging technologies for future of work, industry 4.0, and now supply chain. Balaji just mentioned to me that they are right now looking to invest in supply chain startups. So I'm sharing that with you. Because as we all know, it's tough right now, and if you've looked into raising funds, you know what it feels like to have that really moment when you see certain deal terms. You won't have that problem with the folks at Kubra. There are alternatives now, and I can vouch for Balaji and the team, James McKee, and the rest of the team as a good one. If you want to work with them, let me know. 
I'll help you make sure you're ready and get you connected. Or you can reach out directly at www.kubra.vc. That's K-U-B-E-R-A dot V-C. Hey, to contrast the good news and cool investor vibes we just talked about, let's take a look at some stark realities in funding today. Crunchbase just released their North America Q2 Venture Report, Funding Down as Expected is their title. Uh, I shared in in last week's episode some numbers impacting investment between mid-March and mid-June. Now the official Q2 analysis is out. It's a really deep analysis with some enlightening data from Sophia Kuntara. I'll provide just a few highlights since it could take up a whole episode, but I'll also provide the link to the Crunchbase article in the show notes so you can dig deep. Funding rounds under $100 million, meaning those in early stage companies, were down 31% year over year. That's in line with what the previous report had said just in the mid-March to mid-June timeframe. So we're seeing a confirmation of what we thought we would be seeing in, in Q2. Also, exits, meaning acquisitions by other companies, commonly called strategic acquisitions, were down substantially in both value and the number of deals. Look, in truth, many investors have been waiting around for a recession since early in 2019, so investing trends were largely flat to down anyway. It's just that the the seismic societal disruption in our response to COVID-19 simply accelerated the trend. I've put the link in the show notes so you can see the incredible wealth of information shared in this extensive quarterly report. Now, let's take a look at the deal ticker. Even in this unsettling environment, deals are getting done. So this week, we had 205 funding rounds for $13.1 billion and 68 acquisitions for $12.5 billion. That's in contrast to last week, 202 rounds for 9.8 and 81 acquisitions for $27 billion. We had some big ones happen last week. And now for the latest on the Tequila Sunrise Supply Chain Tech Stock Index. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Look, here's the methodology for the Tequila Sunrise Index. We'll be weighting the index based on both the market capitalization, the total value of the company, and the proportion of that value represented by supply chain tech. So Keith Moore has been really helpful in helping us construct this and identify things like Oracle only gets a portion of their uh, of their revenue from supply chain. So let's say Oracle, at a total market cap of about $168 billion, would only weigh in at say 32 billion if the supply chain is 20% of their business. So we're digging into that to get those numbers for companies like Oracle and SAP and Amazon, some of the companies that have only a portion of their revenue coming from what we're considering supply chain. So generally, stocks in the index like OpenText, Anaplan, Shopify, Canaxis, SAP and Aspen Tech by the way, a company I cannot recall coming across in over two decades in supply chain. I don't know what they do anyway. I'm going to look into that. They're moving in a fairly narrow range uh, in the last week between fractions down to 7% up 
mostly recapturing gains due to the fact that they got demolished on some COVID, China trade, and general tech scare news over the last week or so. Now, one company that did stand out, Manhattan, is up nearly 12% in the last week in anticipation of earnings report today. So both earnings and revenue are expected to be down around 17%, but investment analysts, particularly Zacks, appear to expect Manhattan to beat estimates like they have the last four quarters. I don't know all the market indicators as well as the analysts do, but I am seeing momentum in supply chain planning, agility, and execution technologies. Those techs are in the spotlight right now with COVID-19 causing major disruptions, and companies appear to be accelerating formerly delayed decisions on those types of technologies. So it'll be fun to see how Manhattan fares today. Okay, so as I was preparing the lesson plan for you all this week, I noticed that there were some great venture capital investment lessons in the supply chain deals that closed this week. So instead of build a whole plan I'm going to tell you about some of these deals, some of these companies, what they're all about, the amount that they took, and give you my take on these investments. And we'll do a little bit more formal lesson next week. But this is a look into the mind of a venture capitalist and how they see these companies as they're making the decision to invest and how much. So Price FX, a German provider of cloud-native pricing software platform. Cloud-native just means built in and for the cloud, never an on-premise technology. They raised $65 million in Series C funding. Remember, Series C is typically in that venture capital range. Uh, This looks like a growth equity type investment, which we talked about before, and I'll give you a few more updates on. The round, which brings the total raised by PriceFX to $130 million, was led by funds advised by Apex Digital, the growth equity team, there it is, of Apex Partners, with participation from existing investor Digital Plus Partners. And at the same time this investment was made, Mark Beeth, partner of Apex Digital, and Daniel O'Keefe, managing partner of Apex Digital, will join PriceFX's supervisory board. Pretty typical when a growth equity investment comes in, That could be a minority, a large minority investment, or even a majority investment. They don't really reveal that in the information about this deal. Company will use this new funding to expand and solidify global market leadership position, accelerate their product innovation, extend its partner ecosystem, and evaluate strategic acquisitions. Led by Marcel Sichon, CEO and co-founder, PriceFX provides a suite of cloud-based pricing software tools from price optimization and management to configure price quote, CPQ, for B2B and B2C enterprises of all sizes in any industry and in any part of the world. In May, the company acquired French market leader Brennus Analytics, adding AI to its pricing solution. So here's my take on PriceFX. I'm not a pro on the pricing aspect of the business, but it has been emerging as a key tech facilitator in supply chain, allowing companies to adjust pricing to market demand and price elasticity all the way down to the customer. Their marketing isn't that strong, but their partnerships like SAP and Salesforce are. So that leads me to believe they have solid technology. 
This is a growth equity funding, which means the founders took some of that $65 million home. Growth equity, remember, is that round where founders get to take some chips off the table. So congrats to the founders, and I hope to get used to their new role as evangelist or special projects and accounts leader. Another company, Bolt, rings up $50 million for smoother checkouts. This San Francisco-based company and creator of a checkout experience platform for online retailers closed a $50 million Series C round led by West Cap's Lawrence Tosi. The round brings total funding to date for the six-year-old company to nearly $140 million with participation from existing investors, existing investors, Activent Capital, Tribe Capital, Glenn Capital, and Human Capital, alongside new investments from a collection of current and former executives and board members from Magento, Venmo, PayPal, Lyft, Tommy Hilfiger, Tesla, and Lululemon. The company intends to use the funds to expand operation and its business reach. This company is led by Ryan Breslow, CEO and co-founder. They provide a product that offers a checkout experience front-end, along with all the full-stack features and integrations that checkout touches. It integrates with e-commerce tools, shopping carts, and payment processors, including, listen to these names, Big Commerce, Magento, WooCommerce, Salesforce, Commerce Cloud, PayPal, Apple Pay, Afterpay, Stripe, and Braintree, with more coming this year. Customers include Badgley Mishka, Karaloha, Dita, Hyperice, Puppy Spot, and Pollywood. So, my take on Bolt. First of all, cool name, love the movie, great dog, good dog. Anytime, look, anytime you see a significant number of previous investors coming in for the next round of investment, they are seeing something good. So investors, when they initially invest in a company, will typically have what they call reserves, additional allocated capital for companies they put money into so that they can continue to participate if they like the way the company is going. And when they double down like these are, there's reason to believe there is significant upside here. Keep an eye on Bolt. I can't help, by the way, notice the absence of the biggest player in e-com checkout experience, Shopify, listed in their partner integration. So their play is likely to enable all these other tool sets, better competitiveness versus Shopify. Look, any of you know who know me know I'm a big fan of competition, so I'm liking this player and their challenge to the established leaders. Next is Crisp, a New York City-based food data company. They closed a $12 million Series A round of funding, so that's their first real venture capital round. Remember, post-seed round. This round brought uh, total funding to $24 million, was led by FirstMark Capital with participation from investors like Spring and Swell. <laughs> Spring and Swell Capital. Uh, the company intends to use the funds to expand its supply chain technology offerings and build an open data platform connecting thousands of companies across the food industry. Founded by Ari Trosdahl, who previously founded FirstMark-supported TapPad, acquired by Telenor for $360 million, and also Thumbplay, some might know as iHeartRadio, Crisp works with food companies including suppliers, producers, brokers, distributors, and retailers to gather and verify data, integrate hundreds of separate data sources, 
break down the silos, analyze data, and provided recommended actions that result in less food waste and more profit. Great cause. This cloud platform brings in all of the sales data, standardizes it, and delivers critical insights and alerts about sales, inventory levels, products, locations, and more in order to optimize supply and demand. This company has had rapid growth in several areas since publicly launching the platform, which wasn't that long ago, by the way. Its initial success in the produce and dairy industries has expanded into nearly every vertical, including beverages, bakery, CPG, flowers, meat, and poultry. Current customers include brands such as Gilbert's Craft Sausages, Brazy Bites, Nuono's Creamery, Rowdy Bars, and Good Culture. My take on Crisp, here's the bottom line. This is not a new application for this industry, not by a long shot. People have been, in some measure, accumulating and normalizing data in the food supply chain. So there are a lot of solutions that have been there, done that in the industry for some time. The interesting thing and what makes me think there's something worth seeing here is that this is a serial founder who's been successful before, who appears to have convinced the industry players to share data, and that's something that's really unusual in this market. Even the solutions that came before struggled to pull this off. So repeat founders often have a knack of identifying opportunity. It's really a gift, an insight that is almost intuition, and one that really makes money. Look, you learn a lot from having done it before, and investors love to bet on a previous winner, which is why this company is getting money. In fact, investors are so good at betting on a previous winner, I bet every one of them would have picked Patrick Mahomes right after he won the Super Bowl. A couple of other deals, not as much learning here, but notable because it's good to see that money is being spread around. Toffee AM, a London-based Imperial College spin-out, that optimizes product designs for 3D printing, raised a million pounds in seed funding. Uh, Zeotap, a global provider of customer intelligence, raised $42 million in Series C funding. So either a second or third venture round or possibly a growth round, they don't go into detail on this particular company. And Track Street, a Santa Barbara-based brand protection software-as-a-service platform, Close 5.1 million seed two. Remember, we talked about seed plus funding rounds. So this is their second seed round. So you're getting a good flavor of all of the ways that companies can invest and the ways that investors, or at least this investor, looks at them. So if anyone has another point of view, knows a little bit more about any of these companies, I'm glad to hear it. But knowing what little I know about these companies, this is my take on those. And this is what I think we can take away from how those companies have been funded by investors. All right. That is all you need to know about supply chain tech for this week. Hey, we're considering a couple things like a monthly live stream and possibly moving the show to video. So a vlog to make the tutoring a little bit more easy to understand and accessible. So. Let me know your thoughts on that, please. And do not forget to get to SupplyChainNowRadio.com for more Supply Chain Now series, interviews, and events. And of course, every Monday, I want you to get your buzz on with me. 
Join 10,000 or so of your fellow supply chain professionals for the Supply Chain News of the Week at noon Eastern time on Mondays with Scott Luton and me. And remember to keep an eye out for more series that we're spinning off the main channel. For instance, Supply Chain is Boring. Or is it? Anyway, Chris Barnes, great series. He finds some of the foundational leaders and some really interesting people. So I guess technically, supply chain ain't boring. We're also about to start a new vlog series with Jamin Alvidrez. If you don't know who he is, where have you been? Jamin is going to talk about transportation and just general goodness in supply chain. Always up, this guy. So you want to tune into that one. And of course, Corinne Bursa and I go into a deep dive into supply chain tech solutions. So we're going to talk about those solutions and how they impact business on Tech Talk. Hey, if you're listening and you haven't subscribed, will you commit already? Subscribe to Tequila Sunrise wherever you get your podcasts. I'd sure appreciate it. Thanks for spending your time with me. And remember, acknowledge reality, but never be bound by it.